and welcome to another episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, aka Brittle Gash, as I go by in Reddit land. I have my two regular co-hosts here, two defensive-minded, just grit-and-grind energy guys who put into our starting lineup to great success, which might sound familiar. Jackson, aka Rickman Lives, and Joe, aka Nose Croats But Fly. Guys, how's it going? Fantastic, fantastic. I'm honored to be uh, I'm honored to be a part of the uh, I think what dubbed officially the very first episode of the Moping Mary's podcast. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what that means, yeah. uh, you know, we might we might mention it about ten other times tonight, so <laughs> it's all good. No hard, I'm just, no I'm, hard just glad, I'm just glad someone gave us attention, you know? <laughs> That's true, yeah. Shout out whatever your yeah. name is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no such thing as uh, as bad press. And Joe, how are you, mate? <laughs> Uh, I'm good. What a difference a win over a middling Western Conference team makes. Absolutely. Got a a real uh, spring in my step, I got to (laughs) say. Now, look, coming up on the show, the burndown from the past week, leaning mostly towards the New Orleans game. But, you know, we'll look at the past games if if necessary, if they come up. We'll, of course, look at some of the top content and comments from around Celtics Reddit this week and revisit Joe's coping mechanisms, or you might say his therapy session from last week, which I'll say I found very helpful. I hope you did too, listeners out there. But first, guys, uh, all right, back in the W column, Celtics notched the 124-107 to win against the Pelicans of New Orleans in New Orleans. Guys, how are we feeling in general? Well, I feel better than if we would have lost, but that's probably the most obvious statement in the world. Um, <laughs> yep. For me, I feel like, this is reflective of the sub as well. The, the vast majority of the discussion is is centering around Marcus Smart and whether he belongs in the the starting lineup at the expense of uh, a Jalen Brown or a Gordon Hayward or etc. But I mean, I I, I don't want to like I, I want to stay positive and I want to be happy for the win because what we saw was a good performance. You know, we haven't seen a lot of them this season, or they're a bit too in infrequent for my liking anyway. But um. Yeah, it's it's good to get the win. It's good to get a win on the road in particular. But I didn't really like what I saw out of the Pelicans. I they gave the ball away so so much. That might be down to us. That might be down to them. We'll talk about that. But I mean, they had an identical record to us, and now they're eleven and ten, and we're and we're sorry. Now they're ten and eleven, and we're eleven and ten. So good win, but it's not like it was some giant killing sort of moment where we'll look back and be like, hey, this is the point where we turn it around when we got this win against quality opposition. It might be, but still still somewhat pessimistic. Yeah, I've got a bit of a dual track thing happening as well. Like, you know, putting on my rational hat, does does the win mean that the team is, you know, something other than a five hundred team? No, not not yet. Um, but how does it make me feel? It makes me does it make me feel better? <laughs> Hell to the yes, it feels so much better, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's that's probably that's probably the um how I'd summarize things. Yeah. yeah, you know, like you go to a restaurant and the entree comes out, it's not very good. The main <laughs> comes out, it's not great either. And all of a sudden they bring out the dessert and it's wonderful. The the Pelicans game was the dessert. It was a, it was a, it was a thrilling end to a bad week or a bad three-course meal. Uh, continuing on with that analogy. Uh, the, I thought there were a lot of positive signs, but I think we all know that we've we've seen the full spectrum of the Celtics team, you know, what they've had to offer so far. And, and unfortunately, as much as I'd love to have a, a one-hour sort of um, like uh, celebratory talk about how we've, we've turned things around, I, I think... Um, We've seen enough ups and downs from this team so far this season to to not um, fall into that trap again. As as nice as it was to be Anthony Davis at at home. Yeah, yeah. I you know there's been 
I'm sure most of our listeners are the, are the same. All, all, all five of them. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sadly accurate. <laughs> uh, no, no. But like most of us all listen to heaps of other NBA pods, and and everyone's yeah. kind of doing the twenty game thing right now, which is quite useful. And to me, I sort of think, okay, twenty games in, we've been a five hundred team. So we're a 500 team until we sort of displace that sort of presumption. So I need 20 good games, you know, before I'm um, before I'm willing to sort of change the narrative on the team, you know. Does that does that make sense? So like, yeah, if we if we're a 500 team now and then we rip off 16 out of 20 in the next game, okay, I'll change my I'll change things. But like, if we, you know, if we win 12 out of the next 20, well, okay, well we just kind of the same yeah it's like i think the 500 the 500 team that we we are at the moment we really have been kind of all season because we've never really gone on a really bad losing streak we've never gone on a good winning streak either we've never really gotten i think more than two games away up on 500 and we've never fallen below it too so and boy we spoke last week what were we nine and eight and here we are a week later and we've gone two and two so we're still very much consistent in that mediocrity realm sadly but again that's that's one quarter of the season down the next quarter of the season well it, it has to be better if we want to you know think about the postseason or anything beyond that at all but um yeah no i'm, I'm with joe 20 more games i think will be a much better indicator where we're going to be and i think it'll either i i don't want to have to be going in that fight in the last half of the season thinking all right we need to win you know uh 35 of the next 42 or, or something like that you know we, you want to kind of have a realistic target to to, to hit before the playoffs come around and, you know, the next 20 games are definitely going to have a big indicator whether we're, you know, shooting for that top seed or whether we're hoping, you know, to get lucky breaks so we can be still be somewhere relevant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess the, the one, you know, we talked about how this win is no different from the other exciting wins that we've had so far this season and, and you know, potentially... It, it's no real reason for optimism, but the, maybe the one differing factor is the starting lineup, which, um, you know, uh, fans out there, us included, are sort of excited about. You know, insert Marcus Smarty. He played a team high 39 minutes. Marcus Morris as well um, played incredibly well and, and brought a lot of his energy into that starting lineup. Much needed energy, I'll say, into that starting lineup. Um, user McGib. Uh, who has been mentioned on this podcast before. I hope I'm pronouncing that that, uh, that name right. He he wrote in the Next Day thread, I'm all aboard for the Marcus Start movement, uh, not to be confused with the Marcus Smart movement. Basically, um, I, I'm not going to read the whole, the whole comment because it's, it's quite long, a bit of an essay really, but um, he brings up a few good points. And, and one thing he says is that um, Marcus Smart makes the starters better. And before recording this podcast, I, I went, you know, uh, after watching the game, assuming that the, the story could be told quite obviously through the stats and through the metrics um, based on Marcus Smart's performance, but they're just not there. Like Marcus Smart is not only not present in our top three lineups so far this season, his, his stats, his individual stats weren't even that impressive in this particular game against the Pelicans. And yet it's his effect that he has on the other members of the starting lineup that I think is the is the true... Um, takeaway from this game, the true indicator of success. I mean, if you look at his stats, that they're, they're really not that individually uh, impressive. But if you watch the game, it, it's the energy that he injects into the starting lineup that is that is really impressive. And I think that's um, what McGib here is excited about, and what a lot of us are excited about, and potentially keeping him in the starting lineup over maybe Jalen Brown, for example. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he keeps his place once Jalen Brown comes back to fitness, or once maybe we see a little bit more 
consistent performances from everyone else on the team. Like, it'd be interesting to see if he, if he sticks with this. Because, you know, Marcus has been coming off the bench a lot based on his whole career with us. And, like, we've kind of grown to be used to that that presence that comes off the bench and gives us that little, you know, injection, you know, the a bit of attitude, a bit of urgency and whatnot. Because so many times he's come off with the team in a whole and it's all kind of almost his responsibility in a way to kind of be that spark to get everyone going again. Um, so to see him in the starting lineup and to, to perform in the starting lineup in a game that we, you know, really needed to win, you know, that was great to see. And I mean, as for his like stats, you know, you don't need to tell, I think, any Celtics fan or not the most of us anyway, that, you know, he's not the player that you, you need stats for. You know, you look at him, you see what he does. He gets in there, he gets stuck in, he gets the crowd going, he gets the opposition crowds against him. And he just, he's, he's, he is that spark that, for better or for worse, that we really need. And he's, you know, he, the word identity gets thrown around a lot with Marcus as well too. And it's, you know, it, it suits him to a T. So, I mean, as far as him coming off the bench, you know, sorry, as far as him starting in the future goes, I really don't have a clue. I'd love to see it continue, at least in the short term. Yeah. Um, the debate kind of reminds me of, um, like, Danger Cart sort of made this point. I feel like a couple of times, he hasn't, he hasn't made it lately, but he sort of often talked about how um, he reckons Marcus Smart's career has kind of been a little bit screwed up by the fact that Stevens has always had him as a bench player. You know, and he's, you know, from his rookie year, Thomas got here in his in his rookie year and, and guys have kind of jumped ahead of him or he's had an untimely injury. I, I think in his, he got hurt in his rookie year, eh? Remember that? Got hurt early on in his rookie year. It's going back a while now, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so he's sort of never really established a starting position when he's actually, he is the best point guard on the team. If you think about the roles that a point guard has, and this is just my opinion, so I shouldn't say he is because that's, way too strong a way of putting it. I, I do think he's the best point guard on our team. And um, I think him and Kyrie have a natural complementarity with each other. Um, mm-hmm. Kyrie can be really aggressive offensively, and Kyrie's a secondary playmaker, you know? And that sort of seems to make some sense. Um, I'm all for it, man. Like, I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm pretty out as, as a big Marcus Smart supporter. I think he's the man. And, um, like, we just don't... Like, if the team's going to be good, sorry, Jalen, we don't actually care about your feelings that much right now. You know, like, this isn't... And, and Some Jay, people do. Yeah, well, yeah. But, you know, this isn't that team. This isn't, like, a, yeah. a team that's looking to go young and Marcus Smart, some veteran in his way, and we need to give minutes to Brown. Jalen's got to produce, and and he hasn't been. And um, it just feels like the roles make more sense, eh, when, when, when Smart's out there. Feel, it just... Okay, so the New Orleans game, okay, to me, you've got to be careful. You're like, okay, is this a small sample size? It is. It's a tiny sample size, right? But it also represents a data point of something different, right? Like, it's just one data point, but it does represent something different, you know? It's not just some. It's not just the same process that happened to, result, to, to, to produce some good results. It's a totally different process, and it's a, it's a fresh data point that we can't mm-hmm. yet extrapolate a trend out of but we can build on it so i reckon roll with it man i'm, I'm all for it yeah and, and look is marcus smart one of our best five players does anybody think that he isn't one of our best five yeah i, I made a post via our uh, twitter feed which by the way you guys should uh follow us on twitter at celtic i do uh, my, i haven't liked a couple we, of them ben <laughs> glad i'm glad someone's out there liking these tweets the you are the five celtics, game 
<laughs> the Celtics top five Celticy Celtics and uh, Marcus Smart was number one. Um, and I think maybe this sounds obvious, but the best player to the Celtic is the most Celticy Celtic out there. And in this case, it's it's Marcus Smart. He just he maintains that full balance of like typical like uh, archetypal the Celtic characteristics, sort of like a a mini KG, if you will. Not too uh, heavy, not too light. Kellogg special K. Just, just, just right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Uh, you... And yeah, it was very, very noticeable. So users, there's a lot of love for Marcus Smart on the sub over the past couple of days. Obviously, uh, something that was posted on the sub by user RLS012. Uh, it was really just a tweet from Chris Forsberg. Uh, some highlights of Marcus Smart's defensive night via NBA tracking. He forced Drew Holiday to five turnovers in 38 possessions defended. Caused seven turnovers overall, defended Anthony Davis and Nikola Mirotic for 10 possessions, and allowed only two points. Pretty incredible. This is kind of um, a bit of a throwback to his defense on uh, Paul Millsap in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Like, he just seems to have this like, crazy effect on big men, despite his, his sort of combo guard size. Um, which, you know, speaking to what you just said, Joe, like, he, he really is the, the best Celtic. And I don't think this is a, a hot take, but a Marcus Smart that shoots even like. 35% from the field uh, is the best Celtic on this team. He, he continues his, his defensive ways and shoots like consistently average. He's by far our best player. And and Kyrie's post-game comments sort of echoed that as well. I think he clearly enjoys playing with Marcus Smart and the intensity that he brings. Very refreshing. Yeah, and, and, and he's not a, a good shooter, but he's, to me, uh, this year at least, he's certainly done a way better job of not forcing shots. and. It's okay to take it's okay to take the right shot if you're a, even if you're a thirty percent three point shooter. You know what I mean? Like if it, if it's on the end of good ball movement, you've got to take it. And thirty percent, you know, okay, that it would. I wish it was forty, but the offense is not going to stall. Things will keep moving. You're going to keep putting pressure on. Like that's still a good shot. You know, yeah. a wide open shot from a thirty percent three point shooter. Not to mention when the whole team is struggling from three so far this season, you know, his his yeah. bad shooting isn't so, <laughs> yeah. doesn't stand yeah, out so as noticeable. much, you know. In a way, he comes in, he looks <laughs> yeah. better. I did look up his, his um, field goal percentage this season. He is, if you really want to crunch numbers, uh, having a career se- career year when it comes to field goal percentage. But it's something like .08 or something, so you can, you can <laughs> roll with it. You can roll with it. You can print that for sure. But um, yeah, no, I think... Um, I think his um I think his um offensive game is definitely getting better. It's not coming in leaps and bounds, but I think it's certainly aided by the rest of the team struggling around him in the overall picture of the season thus far. Because I didn't think the offense or his game was bad at all against New Orleans. So yeah. It's good signs for Marcus. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what, what Brad does with the starting lineup going forward. Uh Timmy. We haven't had a, a, a shout out to Timmy in Hey, At least Timmy. ten episodes here on this mm-hmm. podcast. So use it, Timmy O nine three. Well, well known, highly regarded uh, Celtic content producer wrote. I loved how Marcus Smart set the tone early in New Orleans with his ball pressure and defense. Watch here, and you have to obviously watch his video that he's posted that I'm referring to. How he's pressing the ball and forcing turnovers that may not show in the stats, but it does go does not go unnoticed. Not by Timmy, the all seeing eye. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Continues to uh, push out the uh, amazing content. And um, I've said this before on the podcast, but not not every team has their own like personal video guy. Uh, And Timmy does that all the way from over in Poland. Shout out to the international Celtics fans. Um, But, you know, it makes a good point. Like, you know, the stuff Marcus Smart was doing doesn't show up on the stat line, uh, as we've said. But um, 
it's just uh it's really uh it really contributes a lot to our, our team's uh you know success as we saw against the pelicans so yeah. that was really good user pop contest posted in the next day thread quote as i noted exclusively here on celtics reddit last week last night's starting lineup has been the team's best so far this year yeah, and um, shout out to Pop Contest because this um this post from uh, like eight days ago, an early look at Celtics lineups net rating is actually a really quality post there. And uh, yeah, as he pointed out, the um the the starting lineup that we rolled with last night has been the best so far, and that's Horford, Irving, Morris, Tatum, uh, and Smart with the thirty minutes played together. It's an offensive rating of one sixteen point four, defensive rating of ninety eight point five, and an overall net rating of seventeen point nine. Um, so yeah. It, I guess it's not really surprised that we played that lineup and and had a good win. I guess obviously there's there's more things to it um, that are going into it. I think a lot of people are probably brushing over how how poor the Pelicans were. Unfortunately, they did turn the ball over a lot of times. We got a lot of points off of it. But um, no, it has to be said that there might be something to to this lineup. You know, going forward, even if like we're all a clean bill of health and everyone's on the up, you know, this might be the way forward. Yeah, I think. I think we've got to roll with it. I, you know, uh, we've got to roll with it and see see how this goes for the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, couple of games. I think Jalen Brown will probably be out for a little bit, right? Um, with, with the tailbone, nasty fall. Yeah. It was a big yeah. fall, yeah. And and you know, I think uh, Jalen's been sort of trending in the right direction now. But like like I say, like I just think if we're serious about being contenders this year, it, it, there's no room for for hurt feelings. Yeah. You know, um, if something's working, I'm sorry it doesn't, you know, help with your development, Jalen or Gordon. You know, we just got to do it. You to, know? Yeah. And to, also, to be fair, I think that m- might be more of the fans and media putting the narrative together that, like, you know, Jalen Brown or, or Gordon Haywood are like, uh, their feelings are hurt or, or they're down that they're yeah. not starting. You know, I, 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 the one thing I've never doubted about this team is the unity. I, I don't think there are any out of control egos in this team to the point where it's it, it disrupts the locker room a la, you know, Draymond Green with the Golden State Warriors, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I just don't feel like anyone's going to, you know, spit the dummy if they're not getting their minutes. And if they do feel that way, they don't, they don't voice it or they make a big deal out of it. Now, that could be detrimental to the team in some capacity, but I think it's overall better if everyone is at least just, you know, under the banner of we got to win, best for the team going forward. So if, if Jalen Jalen's feelings are hurt, then I honestly believe he's mature enough and he's a he's a enough of a professional to kind of keep that to himself work harder and get and earn the, the right to get back in that starting lineup i don't think he's moping about it i don't think he's being a moping mary put it that way <laughs> moping mary yeah <laughs> i i just i want to see jalen put put in positions where he is just be aggressive he is so much better when he's aggressive there's two two jalens eh? and and the noticeable the jalen that pushes yeah. it coast to coast i'll live with the mistakes I will love that when he's really putting pressure on, when he's just not thinking. He's so much better. I swear, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, th- there were times during the game against the Mavericks where he was he was doing that. Like yeah. he was, he seemed to be catching and without hesitation, either passing the ball onwards or driving directly to the hoop and, and drawing contact and and sure, maybe not making a hundred percent of his free throws, but at least doing the right thing and I doing think, the right thing. By I the think he actually might have made a hundred percent of his free throws against the Mavericks because I, I remember he got <laughs> that was just fouled. an assumption I made. <laughs> <laughs> he got fouled. I remember he got fouled, and um, I was like, oh, here we go, another one for two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yep. sure enough, the first one hits the front of the rim, but instead of falling off like a, I don't have a good, I don't have a good picture here, but like instead of wilting like a flower in May, um, <laughs> it just 
it just crawled over the rim nicely, and the second one did the same. Um, yeah. He, he actually shot 100%, I'm pretty sure, but my goodness, yeah. they were two ugly makes. Can confirm it was 100%. Thank Good you. Good insight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if... Uh, yeah, it's a great insight. Sorry, I, sh- I shouldn't... Sorry, Jalen Brown. I'm, I'm, sure you're, I'm sure you're listening, so I apologize to you directly. <laughs> but, um, you know, with, with energy um, in general, like being the issue with this team, it's sort of... It's been the one constant theme not only among us but among fans and, and other podcasts that I listen to that you know talk about the Celtics it's it's energy and, and that's what we like about the the Marcuses the, the Marki coming into the starting lineup um potentially if if by you know guys like Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown going to the bench if that begins this sort of battle to to make it into the starting lineup then perhaps through that comes this much needed energy from everyone and and uh, everyone is then giving it their all while they're on the court and, and battling for a, for a place in essentially the, the playoff starting five. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we, a few games back, I think it was maybe against the Knicks, so going back a little while, but Jason Tatum had just been doing his um, darndest at, at, um, at his, his best Kobe impression in just taking crazy, like, contested long twos. And then at the start of the second half, Brad Stevens done gone benched him. And like, <laughs> good for you, Brad Stevens. Yeah, like, that's it. what you got to do. Yeah. You got to stand up to these these young guns. And and then and since then, and we'll maybe we'll get to Tatum. Um, uh, screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now. You, uh, user Dennis Hamburglar um, posted. This is actually reserved for the Reddit recap um, part of the podcast, but it, it's relevant now. He posted Tatum's last ten games since Kobe ruined Tatum meme. Quote Tatum ruined Kobe meme. Hit its peak. Eighteen point three points per game. Forty six point eight. Yeah from three, 50% from the field overall. He just seems to be uh, taking smarter shots. He's up, he's up to 40%. He's up to 40% from three on the year now, eh? Mm. Like, just like that. Yeah. The, and, the dude can shoot the rock, eh? Yeah, and I mean, you know, he's obviously talented, but, but you can sort of pinpoint that turnaround to roughly Utah. when that, that benching occurred. And, and so if you start to develop that drive in other guys, like, you know, Gordon Hayward, who obviously has the injury issue, but Jalen Brown as well, start to develop that drive in these guys to, to get back into sort of a marquee position in this team, then perhaps you start to see a, a similar improvement. Wild, wildly speculating here, I know, but I, I think it's, it's finding that, that drive in these guys who obviously have the talent that's going to lead them to, to play with a consistent level of energy that we're also seeing from uh, Marcus Smart yeah. and yeah. Kyrie. It's, it's, it's pure speculation here, but we saw Kyrie have a bad start, and then there was a point where he got better, and he's, ever since then he's been like, playing at a great level. Tatum had, this, had a similar thing. You know, he, I think he started out rather well and then dipped, and now he's coming back strong. Uh, I would really, 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 fingers crossed, hope that the next one we can add to that list is Al Horford after we saw yeah, against yeah. New Orleans. I think if he can get his game back at least somewhere where it was last year, I think that's going to be huge. And again, I know it doesn't work this way. We're not a machine. It's not just going to start one by one, but like the trend of team of, of players, like kind of one by one, just picking their game up slowly, surely. You've got to feel that Gordon Hayward's going to be on that list sooner or later. You hope that Jalen Brown's going to be on that list sooner or later. And I mean, God, if we can get Terry Rozier into some point where his game starts to pick up again, then straight away, that's the team that we all wanted really. So, again, I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, <laughs> hopefully all it's next to improve, I think is what yeah, I'm going to say. Yeah, I, was, I often find my, have found myself thinking, watching these games, like, man, like, Horford is like, like oh, Horford is such a bellwether for us. I was, I was um, okay, so, I was, I was, as you're speaking, I was thinking, like, um, Horford's kind of, no, yeah, 
Horford's kind of analogous to, to Draymond um, in the sense that he makes everything go for the Celtics, you know, like if, you know, in, in the way that Draymond makes a whole lot of things possible for the Warriors, Horford makes a lot of things possible for the Celtics. He's, if he's playing well, we can do that five-out thing. We can pick and pop, shoot threes. We defend the pick and roll well, rebound it enough, you know. And Smart's kind of like Steph in that Steph is the identity of the Warriors, right? And Smart's mm-hmm. kind of the identity of the Celtics. So yeah. they're, it's not, they're not perfect analogs, obviously, but that's, that's kind of a, a similarity I see. And so we've got, you know, our, we've got a guy who really makes everything work for us both defensively and offensively, not firing, you know. Um, it, that may, when we look back in 20 games' time and we're doing well, we may be like, that was what the problem was really all along, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or that was the number one problem, you know. That was just not having Horford um, firing. Um, one guy, though, who I don't know, man, I'm getting, I'm really getting out the door on Rosier a little bit, eh? Um, got some, I'm, some, some yeah, Berea. Really uh, not enjoying watching PTSD. him. Yeah, I'm not enjoying watching <laughs> him and his role is not going to expand. It's not. And, um, I'm not sure he's got to, he's got to prove it to me that he can actually make it work. Um, cause I just, I just, yeah, I don't know that he has a, I don't know that he the things he do, does well. I don't know that we that that helps us. To be honest, like mm. I don't think we need yeah. another guy to crowd off the dribble. To be honest, you know. Um, yep. Yeah. And like the the one thing at the beginning of the season where it was like we need to hold on to this guy despite the fact that you know his trade value is high and he's obviously going to leave at the end of the season. The one reason that we would hold on to him would be that he could help us win a championship. Mm. But yeah. I think everything he's he's done has been um, like contradictory of, of that theory. And really, he's out there getting burnt on defense by like little Euro Berea guys. Berea killed <laughs> him, man. Berea yeah. roasted him. Yeah. And like, you know, Berea, you know, respect to JJ yeah. Berea. Like he's, he's, a, he's a long-time vet. He's been in the league for a long time. At, you know, I think he's shorter than me. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a slight little guy, but uh, he knows how to bowl and he absolutely destroyed Rochier. And he can pull um, birds. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm interested to hear more about that, but uh, one thing you can do is is pull uh, Rogier into a, a real sucker stance and then uh, beat him, beat him off the dribble over and over again. Uh, and what Rogier is giving up on defense, not just against JJ Barea, but against everyone, um, he does not make up for that on offense. Just a um, just a quick uh, just a quick aside. Do either you guys watch the UFC or ever watched MMA throughout your lives? No, nah, man, uh, but I'm vaguely not, aware not of it. Really. I was going to say, yeah, look, look up JJ Barea and then look up a guy called Sean Shirk. S H E R K. They're just the shortest, nuggetiest dudes you've ever seen, and both happen <laughs> to be uh, professional athletes, or well, one's a former professional athlete. But um, yeah, every time I see Barea, I just think of Sean Shirk. And uh, yeah, anyone watches UFC will know what I'm talking about. But anyway, sorry. He looks Quick like aside. a halfback. You know, yeah, <laughs> it looks like a muscle. Yeah. It just looks like a single muscle that just walks around. I know it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was interesting times with Rogier, and you know, if you frequent Celtics Reddit as much as any of us do, you'll see uh, daily multiple trade Rogier posts and uh, trade proposals, and you know, what could we get for Rogier? And unfortunately, he seems to be sort of tanking his his trade value a little bit. But um, who knows? Uh, like. Like other guys on our team who have have played poorly and slowly sort of uh, risen out of the the ashes, perhaps uh, 
T-Row, Scary Terry can do the same and, and bring some value back yeah. to my Scary Terry t-shirt that I so quickly <laughs> invested I, I in still, I still think he's got at least one at least one Scary Terry game. And by that, I mean like just one game where he goes off. It might just be against someone completely, you know, inconsequential and it might be, you know, a, a nothing game. But I, I feel like he's still got a couple of good performances in him and there'll be, there'll be he'll have his moment but whether he can turn it around and get back to where he was you know in the finals in the, or in the, finals, in the in the playoffs last year in the absence of a Kyrie Irving yeah I'm uh, I'm, I'm doubtful on that sadly he's 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 a, like he's a talented player mm. he's a real NBA player I'm not saying that it's just like to me there's just he's so he duplicates Kyrie in all the worst ways um and he he does, you know to me like what I just don't see the role he provides, you know. Yeah. Um, Kyrie's got him. Kyrie's got him on defense now too. I think as well. Yeah. 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 So, right. (laughs) So, like a a quick, just couple of random notes on you know the last couple of games before we get to the Reddit recap. Um, I was listening to the the Locked On podcast on the way home from work today, and and one thing that John Corrales brought up, uh, which I did notice watching the game, was that the Celtics this time against the Pelicans did not overcommit on defense so as they were running on you know towards uh, uh offensive players on closeouts Close out. they they didn't like bite on pump fakes they didn't overcommit you know as he said uh on these closeouts and and that led to um uh, i guess a, like a more holistic defense moving as one mm. that you know that forced a lot of turnovers and thus points off turnovers that led us to score uh i haven't checked the stats on this but close to our our season high in overall points at the end of the game um 24% of Kyrie Irving's total passes the past five games have been to Al Horford. And in this last game, we saw Al Horford actually rolling on a lot of these picks. Rolling, um, rolling, 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 rolling. Yeah, as, as the great Limp Biscuit, Fred Durst, once said, he, he, he'd been rolling down to, the, down to the paint, down to the bucket, and actually scoring. And like of, of all um, like teams, of all players to choose to do that against, why you would say, oh, I'm playing Anthony Davis. Now I'm going to go play in the post. Uh, whatever. <laughs> but it, it worked. worked, you know, and Al, Al Horford can bump down there with the best of them. Um, and he, he's rolling on these picks. And that, that sort of Kyrie, Al Horford pick and roll that we saw, you know, early, early last year is, um, is uh, really looking nice. And, and the one other thing is that uh, Jason Tatum, we, we mentioned before, is really settling into his role. Uh, he's not trying to be the guy. He's just, he's just playing within the flow of the offense and he's taking his shots as they come and he's passing the ball up more regularly. And hey, what a relief. He's actually taking the ball to the basket mm. and using his length to like get to the foul line, to, to draw a defender in and dish. Um, he's, he's playing, you know, dare I say it, Celtic basketball. It just, uh, it's really nice after that really slow start. Yeah, reasons for optimism. Hey, I know this isn't Celtic's talk, but um, holy cow, look at Doncic. <laughs> Holy Slam dunk. cow, he's good. Yeah. Like, he just, I mean, there was one horrendously forced shot I saw him take, but other than that, it was just like, he does nothing he doesn't want to do. He just completely dictates terms out there. I, I, just, had to, I just had to get it out there because I was so impressed with him against us. So yeah. impressed. Dude's like, what, he's, he's 19 or is he turned 20? 19? Uh, I think he's still nineteen. Nineteen, man. yeah. And what is he's yeah, basically he's, he basically won everything he could win in in Europe and has come over and and that doesn't yeah. look a step out of place. Obviously, you'll need to see how his career develops over the years. But um, no, I'm with you, Joe. Very very impressed by uh, one L Doncic and quite a good looking mother as well too. Let's just throw that. Mum's decent. Yes, <laughs> very decent. So that, yeah, look, Don, Doncic at nineteen, still you know several years older than Jason Tatum. 
but uh, he was very, very controlled out of the uh, out of the the post. I thought there were a few times where he he posted up Kyrie Irving, and obviously there's a size difference there. But a few times he burned him on like a sort of a turnaround shot, and a couple of times he passed uh, out of that post up um, to guys that I just I couldn't see with my aerial television view, and yet he he down there. With large people As guarding him, was that yeah, it's crazy. And like you know, he's he's nineteen years old. So, uh, I, and you know, we played the Hawks recently, who who obviously made that trade and, and sort of favored Trey Young and that extra draft pick over Luka Doncic. And now yep. that's you know, it's early days, but that's not looking great. Gotta say. And I like Trey Young, <laughs> but man, oh, I, I don't I don't like Trey Young. Don't yeah, you? I, I've yeah, I just I mean, small sample size in terms of the games that I've watched. I mean, the only time that I've really watched him thoroughly is when when we played them recently. But um, yeah, he was terrible, and you know he, he's young, but uh, I feel like his decision making um is not like commensurate yeah. to his age. Like that's the decision making of like a, a like a fourteen year old boy. Yeah, <laughs> there were there were there were just and there were just better pit. There were just better players available. What did he did he go fourth? Behind third. third, was it? Third. So behind Aiton yeah. and... Oh, uh, Doncic was third. Yeah, Doncic was Doncic third. Doncic was third. Was he? No, I thought he, he fell on the maps. Yeah, so Doncic was, was third, but they traded up. They traded, traded up. up. Ah, the Nets traded yeah. up from third. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. yeah. Trading Trey... Oh, sorry. Taking Trey Young, I think, was the wrong the wrong call, despite what Trey yeah. Young could be. And he also... He looks like a worn-out toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's... A- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh it looks like a, like a cotton ball that uh, got thrown in a fire for just a second. Uh, anyway, well, lots, lots to talk about. Um, you know, a bit of a good mood here on the Celtics Reddit podcast, obviously, because the, the win against the Pelicans um, has sort of spun us in that direction, but uh, certainly a long way to go. Uh, we're going to take a very short break and we'll be back in a moment for the Reddit recap. All right, welcome back. User Ward0630, uh, a regular shout-out user on this podcast, posted a tweet by Trey Adel, which I looked up before this podcast, and it's a guy with like 800 followers, so he's, you know, take it, he's take it with a grain of salt. He's no... Uh, he still has quite a few more followers than the Celtics Reddit podcast, let's be honest, but... Um, For now. He's maybe not the most credible source. He writes, Kyrie's second in the league in loose ball recoveries, eighth in the league in deflections and has four charges drawn on the year, which is second on the team. And as much as Marcus Smart, dude is playing his ass off. And we hadn't spoken too much about Kyrie Irving uh, till this point in this podcast. And I, I think we're sort of saving it till this point. But um, Kyrie Irving has, like, I talked about my top five Celtic Celtics. Kyrie Irving was number two because the guy, like, defensively this year, it's just incredible. It's totally different guy defensively to who he was in, in his Cleveland years and even to some degree last year um, and meanwhile he's keeping up his his offensive rhythm and, and cadence and he's even he's, he's raising his assists as well he's had the most assists so far this year um, than ever before in his career so that's really really good to see and um, I think he's he's really playing the role of a leader which when we first um, traded for him I I had some doubt as to whether he had the uh you know the balls, if you will, to to do that. But he's really playing that role, and it's it's really impressive, and it's it's really good to see. Yeah, I feel I feel like he's he's stayed out of most of the conversation because um, when the team has underperformed as a whole, he's kind he of hasn't. been the one exception. 
and that's kind of what we expected from him. Like, I, I, I think even, like, the most pessimistic, you know, Celtic sport before the season would have at least, like, if you took the, in, if the injury concerns away, which haven't come up, touch wood, which is, I think, is something we could all be thankful for so far. Um, yeah, you would expect him to be averaging, you know, at least points-wise where he is now. I think, yeah, his assists are up. I don't think anyone really maybe hoped for that, but didn't see that coming. And yeah, obviously his defense has looked so much better. And like, you know, this this tweet here obviously backs it up. You know, you, it does mention Marcus Smart at the end there, but obviously you, you would have thought he was they were talking about Marcus Smart in terms of loose ball recoveries, charges drawn, deflections, etc. So the fact that Kyrie's adding that defensive mongrel to his game, which I'm sure Smart's got a lot to do with. Mongrel. They play off each other. Yeah, uh, it, it's great. <laughs> it's, 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 he's the, it's the kind of play we need to see from a guy who really is. He might not be our most Celtic-y Celtic, but I think hands down, he is our best player. Mungle. Mungle, there's a nice Antipodean term that is a little yeah. underused, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. got to bring it to the <laughs> masses. Got to bring it to the US, man. It's a top word. That's a great word. Yeah, Marcus Smart's the most mungrely Celtic. Mm-hmm. And, and to be clear to our stateside listeners, that is like one of the highest compliments you can pay any athlete. Yeah. Like, say they've got mungrel in them. Yeah. It's 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 like a better way of saying dog. bulldog dog or mm. bulldog. He's a bulldog. Now he's a mm. mongrel. He's got mongrel. Yeah. yeah. Ticker. He's got ticker. Yeah. Um, I've, I've never heard mongrel used in a derogatory uh, fashion. Not once. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get you. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, with Corey's Corey's defense. T- to be honest, like I, I have noticed, he definitely seems to be coming up with a lot of turnovers. Um. And t- I often I often find myself a bit unable to comment on people's individual defense. I'll notice if Horford's roll man is getting, you know, you'll notice in pick and roll if the roller is getting alley oops. You're like, damn, that's Horford's. He's getting picked off, or the guy who's supposed to rotate over from the weak side. That's mm-hmm. generally not Kyrie involved in those actions. So, um, yeah, I, I maybe I'm a little bit inattentive there, but um, but being. Happy, happy with Kyrie's performance since uh, since the start of the year for sure. Yeah, user Marcus Smart is my dad. One of his comments on the uh, this thread that we're talking about now, he wrote for reference. He Boy. drew just three charges in his last season with the Cavs, and obviously he's drawn four charges uh, so far this year with with the Celtics. So, um, you know, take from all of this what you will. Uh, Celtics Reddit community is obviously thrilled with it. It's a 99% upvoted, but um, there's clearly a stark difference between his defensive abilities and defensive uh, mindset and intensity in this season with the Celtics than all seasons prior. So it's really good to see. And he certainly hit some clutch shots down the stretch against the Pelicans. And, uh, you know, it could go both ways. So if he misses those shots, you say, okay, he's chucking towards the end of the game and, and you know, the Pelicans uh, close out their little run they made towards the end and they beat us and uh, his play style is detrimental. Uh, the the RNBA take on that is that we need Kyrie Irving to go off, quote, to to win us games. My, my response to that is that we have Kyrie Irving on our team and in order to win, our best player plays to their potential and we win games as a result. I don't know. Maybe that's a small-minded, very biased take, but I I really don't think there's a lot of substance. Like, for example, the Lakers win a game, and you say, oh, well, you have LeBron James. Like, LeBron James did LeBron James things, and you won the game. It's like, well, yeah, it's LeBron James. He's on our team. Mm. We have him so because we want to win games, and he, he plays the way that everyone knows he can play, and, and people win. So I think that argument is, is foolish and, and lacks substance. Of course, Kyrie Irving is, is going to go off. Of course, we're going to win games as a result. Yeah. He's on our freaking team. Yeah. It's, for, yeah. For me, it's not chucking when 
your reputation of making clutch shots and your proven track record of doing it exactly. prove, proves that correct. You know, you can still take bad shots. He's not immune to that. But, um, you know, I, out of anyone on the team, you know, I want him taking the, the, the improbable shot. You know, that's just, that should not be up for debate. Yeah, I guess I've had to come to peace with it. <laughs> yeah. how, how can he not? It's so beautiful. Like he, he's he his very... fadeaway shot late on AD. Oh, that where... one where he did the escape oh. dribble out to the right. Oh, that was yeah. sick. Yeah. That was spicy. That's it's yeah. like he and it was a smart shot. Like the he obviously should not drive to uh, you know against AD late in the game uh, and risk getting blocked or turning the ball over or um, you know incurring a charge. You know he took a step back and he shot over him. It was, it was actually a you know a pretty heady play. So and it looked great. So you know pretty. If you can't tell, I'm pretty stoked with having Kyrie freaking Irving <laughs> We're on that team. so easily pleased at this point, isn't it? So, you know, this, <laughs> yeah. this, this proves that we're all coping. We've all made the adjustment. Look how happy we mm-hmm. are after one game, you know? Great segue, Joe, because yeah. we all enjoyed your uh, coping mechanism uh, chat segment, if you will, uh, last week. And, you know, uh, a lot of people out there aren't as optimistic as Jackson and myself. And a lot of people need to hear more from you, Joe, about um, how we should be feeling and how we should be coping going forward and expectations and, and things along those lines. Yeah. So I'm curious to hear what you've got to say there. So so I think, um, you know, I think there's a general uh, consensus building about the type of team we have. And we're, we're, we're kind of cycling through those stages of grief. And I feel like there's a sort of collective acceptance that the team is a deserved 10 and 10. And it's like, we're not contenders until notified otherwise, you know? And um, I feel like that's how we're, we kind of cope. We've ex- kind of come to a, a place of acceptance with that. And and I think as a result, we're going to enjoy, we're going to enjoy the season a little more, you know? We can, the ascent's always so much more fun than being on top. Um, so, yeah, um, at this point, um, I don't think things can get much worse, right? Yeah. So we can only go up. We can only go up. And so now we can. We should just enjoy it. You know, if we stay, we're not going to win less than 40 games this year. So, you know, it's, we can only get better. Um, so that's, that's how we're coping. And I, I sort of feel, as my spider senses say, hey, I think that's roughly where, where the, the fan base is. That's fair. And, and you've said on this podcast before, Joe, that, uh, this team versus teams past, uh, one of the differences is it was always so enjoyable to to support an underdog team, the team, in a sense, coming from behind, coming from a place of, of no expectations. Mm. And this team, despite where they started from, has, has almost put themselves in exactly that position. Yeah. And now, rather than watching games with a sense of dread and a sense of, oh, they're just going to screw it up again, it's like, you know... Um, how how can they improve from here? Like how can this scrappy scrappy team that are clearly going nowhere? How can they how can they build a, a story of success from from this point? So it, they've kind of made it fun in a sense, which I maybe that I'm just gamifying the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's a good place now to enjoy games. When we when we lost to Dallas recently, you're coping. I, I just kind of you're you're turned it off and was like, oh yeah, like fair. We've still got some room to improve. No yeah. no big deal. Yeah. Just kind of walked away like sort of nonplussed for once. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm pleased we're making progress. Time's up. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, look, uh, time is indeed up on this podcast as well. Any, uh, any final takes before we wrap this baby up? Stay positive. Chill out. Things are going to be all right.
Hopefully. I got yeah. a, I, <laughs> I got a hot take. Um, how good is it that three weekends in a row, guys, we've had Saturday, Sunday um, yes. back-to-backs? Like that Absolutely. never happens. <laughs> yeah, it would yeah. it would be so good, but I've had um I've had for the first time this year back to back Saturday Sunday shifts at work <laughs> last week and this oh, week. Man. So oh, um I, I'm I'm definitely time. I'm definitely happy for everyone else. Um, but unlike unlike most people, I don't have a nine to five. I can wake up at eleven a.m. and watch basketball. It's a great life. It's a great life. But I've uh, I've been deprived of that the last couple of weeks. But hey, for everyone else, <laughs> I'm sorry. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, look, my my wife is a teacher, and she's been. Uh, this is a classic cool story, bro. But uh, <laughs> she has had uh, a heavy load of marking for the last couple of weeks, and will again this weekend. And she's like, "Are you sure you're gonna be okay finding something to do for yourself?" Of course, I will. <laughs> Celtics games Saturday, Sunday. Yes, yes obviously dear. they're 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 Friday night, fine. Saturday night in the states, but um, it's a very favorable weekend back to back. Bro, you uh, have a major Australian opportunity both to watch Celtics games and score points at the same time. I know, Holy right? Yeah, I'm very man. autonomous. Yeah. I can make my own fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, quality, quality husband. All right, so speaking of those games, we've got the Cavs coming up this Friday, US time, Saturday, Australia time, and then the Timberwolves, uh, Saturday, US, or Sunday, Australia time, and then and later on in the week, uh, we're at the Knicks, which I look forward to personally because I, I feel like Kyrie Irving has this propensity to go off um, in Madison Square Garden, and we've also got these guys who I feel like want their their moment in the spotlight, like Jason Tatum, for example, which could be either interesting or potentially detrimental to the team. We'll see. But uh, an exciting little schedule um, coming up through most of December and a lot of very, dare I say it at this point, winnable games. We'll see. So it's going to be interesting. All right. That will just about do it for this episode. Episode 33. That's Larry Bird's music, people. Episode 33 of the Celtics Reddit podcast. Thanks, as always, for joining us. If you want to reach out, the best way to do so is by commenting on the Reddit thread this episode is posted on. Otherwise, you may not know this, but we are a terrific Twitter follow. You can find us there at Celtic Reddit Pod. Look, I'm, I'm quietly and perhaps foolishly confident about the games coming up this weekend. We'll see. Jackson, Joe, thanks again for all your work. It's been real. Sweet, guys. All right, guys. Go Celtics. Peace. Peace.